you know, what do people believe? So, you know, with that employee, say it's a, a, a bell person or a waiter, you know, what do they believe about themselves? And then what, what they believe about themselves is going to come across to the, uh, the person that they're interacting with. And so one of the things I, I've really been uh, thinking about this and, and studying it quite a bit lately is how do we shift beliefs in people? So if that person doesn't have a sense of full respect and worth for themselves, then of course they're not going to treat a customer with you know a lot more. So so my whole point here is I think that uh, that the experiences that person feeling valued and cared for by the leadership team. That is Diane Kokola. In July 2005, she launched her company, The Talent Journey, and later on, it renamed called Blueprint Leadership. Blueprint Leadership equips company-wide leaders at the individual, team, and corporate level to align cross-functionally to the needs of our customers. Well, before that, she actually was a corporate executive in highly esteemed companies such as American Express Financial Corporation and also pharmaceutical fields. The primary focus of her company is about leadership. Over the past decade, Diane and her team have worked with several cutting-edge organizations, including Medtronic, GE, Foundation Medicine, and so on, just to name a few. In today's episode, I ask Diane a lot of different kinds of questions because I know many of you that you are either still a corporate leader or you are entrepreneur and then you are about to build a team or you already have a team. With that in mind, I asked her about the kingdom culture and how we hire the right team members, how to cultivate and maintain that kingdom culture within our company. Also, we talk about what is the signature strength and what does she think about the outer ego effect. Well, can you tell it's a very rich episode. Now, let's check with Diane. Welcome to the Christian CEO Podcast. I'm Katie Bother and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Diane, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. You know, uh, in the introduction, I already mentioned to uh, the audience that uh, you are such an awesome uh, leader's leader, that's so to speak. And uh, so maybe you can maybe use a minute or so, share with us a little bit about how did you arrive up to today? I think uh, in the in the uh, bio, obviously we talk about it, but it's always uh, a whole lot more interesting that you know that uh, uh, entrepreneur itself and talk about their own journey a little bit. You know, uh, how did you arrive now today? What you're doing for the blue shit, uh, blueprint, a leadership. 
Well, uh, so I, I can be totally honest here, which is what I love uh, about being in this community. So what ended up happening is I had worked for an organization uh, for about 12 years and loved it. And then one day I was in uh, a, a Beth Moore study and I was sitting in the back of the room and I heard really for the very first time, clearly, um, not audibly, but clearly that the Lord said, I want you to leave the corporation and I want you to come do something else. And I didn't know exactly what that something else was. And so uh, I just knew that I knew that that was what God was calling me to do. And so it was pretty easy, really. But I went into uh, my leader right away and I I told him what was happening and he was so supportive. I, I wasn't sure he would understand what, you know, yeah. was, but he was so supportive, which was another um, really for me, another, uh, you know, signpost that I was going in the right direction. And then what ended up happening to keep the story short is uh, God told me to take six months and really understand what it was to be, to, to just be and not do and at that time, I really didn't know what that meant. Uh, and I didn't quite do what he asked me to, although I was better than what I had been before. And I learned some things. Uh, and then what then happened is about six months later, I got a call from a coach that I had uh, used when I was in corporate. And uh, she called me and said, Diane, I have too much on my plate. And I really need you to come alongside me and take a big customer that's taken half my time off my plate and I'll teach you what you need to know. And that was the foundation of Blueprint Leadership. I had no idea that's the direction we were going to go, um, but it has been such a um, wonderful, wonderful experience. Nothing like I would have planned for myself. And to be honest, I didn't have any strategy. Uh, except for believing God. And that's how I got really in short order. That's how I got to here. You see, even just that show many of uh, this story that we already can pick a couple of golden nuggets there, right? So I think uh, I'm sure you are and uh, probably uh, in my field because you know uh, my audience is a Christian entrepreneurs and it's I got often asked that, so how do I know that's God? Or uh, how long should I wait? And a lot of, uh, I think, Christian leaders, they kind of just got stuck uh, and afraid to take action. And I always say that, you know, uh, just what you guys heard from what Diane said, you know, she actually, she said she still made some mistakes. And she did not just wait, you know. She trust that voice and she moved forward because I, I personally I still believe that God is much bigger than our mistake <laughs> right um, you know uh, I'm really curious about because I know uh, you are such an expert in the leadership and help a lot of organization to you know building the team and uh, help them to move forward uh, uh, to more cohesive as a team yeah um, because most of the uh, listeners or the uh, audience of this podcast, most of them, they are Christian entrepreneurs. And, um, and many of us that, you know, we are, you know, we started probably one person and they tell we we, we, we want to start to build our own company. And 
uh, we desire to have a kingdom culture, right? In mm-hmm. our own company, in our own business, you know? yeah. So the first question I would really like to ask is, um, what mean to you as a, is a kingdom culture for a company? Well, that's such a great question. Uh, you know, I, I think kingdom culture really, you know, the first thing is what is my purpose? In a kingdom culture, the purpose is always uh, to glorify God. And how do we glorify God? Well, we serve. Um, and so every organization exists because of the customers that we serve. I think we get to glorify God as a kingdom organization every time we serve customers in a way that is, you know, gratifying to that customer. So it doesn't really, I work mostly in the medical um, arenas and, and it's easy to see the payback when patients' lives and families are being affected in that way. But mm-hmm. I think about somebody even who is like, let's say you're a surfboard maker. Well, if you're out there providing the opportunity for that surfboard rider to have an, a, you know refreshment in their lives, then make the very best surfboard you can, and you know, um, and you're a business, so you need to you need to have profitability. But make that profitability profitability that's uh, giving value to the customer, such that they you know they, they want they they want to buy it, and then the experience they have in the shop is an experience of of that that feeling valued, feeling loved and cared for. You know, I think a lot of times that in in our you know, in our everyday life, we don't talk about how we can love people. But to me, loving people is kingdom minded, which means that we care for people. We're kind to people. You know, we're patient. It's the fruits of the spirit in our in our everyday life. And so I think kingdom really is around, uh, you know, justice, which is serving our clients well. Uh, it's it's excellence delivering our products better than anybody else could deliver, and then it's fruits of the spirit. The way that we treat people is the character of the Holy Spirit, and and that's you know the simple way of bringing kingdom. But it's not easy. It's yeah. simple, easy. Right? Yeah, exactly. I uh, uh, I always say it's simple. Uh, what God has laid out in the Bible is really nothing complicated. It's simple. <laughs> but it doesn't mean easy. And I'm glad that why you just mentioned those elements, the justice and then the, basically the compassion for the people. And I think a lot of uh, uh, in the online spaces, uh, I saw that there's way too many people teach people about how to get the sales in, but then uh, we are not talking a whole lot more about then how we serve the people after you get them in <laughs> That's one thing. The other thing is also internally how we treat our own uh, team members mm-hmm. uh, to exhibit uh, that uh, kingdom culture. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, what would you say? Uh, let's say we build a team, right? Uh, probably uh, starting from small. How do we start to cultivate that and maintain that culture? within that organization well i love what you just said uh the you know ken blanchard talks about how when we really value our own employees 
by helping them to grow, by caring about them as people, and by helping them just become be good contributors. I think those are the three three things that people really want, you know, in their own in their own careers. They want to know that they're cared for. They want to know that they're contributing. People really want to make a difference, right? Yeah, and and then they want to grow and develop their careers. And then when we're doing that for our employees, then out of the overflow, they're also you know serving the customers in the way that uh, that we all want to serve customers. And so I think part of the way to keep the culture going is you know that. And then what you said too a little bit earlier is I, I think that you know. It's role modeling, but also communicating. I think leaders, a lot of times, in my experience working with leaders, they'll they'll communicate something and maybe even two or three times and then they'll think, well, I said that. And, and really, we all know that it needs to be said about seven times right? in, in order for people to really catch it. And so I think, you know, communicating what we expect, not as a hammer, but as a vision for uh, for our organizations is really helpful. Repetitive communication, along with those other things we talked about. Do you have some example of communicate repeatedly, but then obviously in the different ways? Because what I meant is I remember... Um, before uh, even when I, you know, a formal corporate executive, and then when we try to, uh, especially the hospitality industry, right? So uh, when we try to just instill that one simple concept to the staff, so the the uh, the from the very first line staff that say is a service, is a bellboy, say you know you need to address people, get the guest name, and then with a smile. Well, it's easy to return that, right, in the employee handbook, right? <laughs> but then uh, we have to try all the different kind of ways and something like activities, role play, or rewarding system, that kind of thing to try mm-hmm. to help them to internalize. So maybe you can, do you have any, some example can suggest us what we can do? Let's uh, say, okay, we tell our team members, say, you know, make sure you will treat our uh, clients when they come on into our program. Uh, make sure you serve them well, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that's very vague to say serve them well, right? Yeah. So, yes. what would you say? That's those are that's great because you know on paper it's it's easy to write anything on a piece of paper. But no, uh, what you, what you said is is quite accurate um, that we have to create experiences for people to catch the culture and um, the reward system you mentioned that's really important because we you know generally people do perform to what they're rewarded uh, for uh, so it was it's interesting as I just had a conversation this morning with with a person that I'm working with and um, and they were talking about their compensation plan but they in the in the write up, they didn't have really a very much uh, incorporated about the values of the organization. They were talking about results, and they're a very values driven organization. Um, so it was easy for me to say, well, you know, you're you're evaluating people not just on what they deliver from a technical perspective, but also a values perspective. So to your point, 
the reward system is very much tied to the values of the organization as well as um, to the the actual performance of, of the of the technical task or whatever the task is. But I think that also, um, you know, when I think about, you know, what do people believe? So, you know, with that employee, say it's a, a, a bell person or a waiter, you know, what do they believe about themselves? And then what, what they believe about themselves is going to come across to the, uh, the person that they're interacting with. And so one of the things I, I've really been uh, thinking about this and, and studying it quite a bit lately is how do we shift beliefs in people? So if that person doesn't have a sense of full respect and worth for themselves, then of course they're not going to treat a customer with you know a lot more. So so my whole point here is I think that uh, that the experiences that person feeling valued and cared for by the leadership team um, and others in the organization and that person you know hearing stories about uh, how you know I think stories are powerful in changing mindsets and beliefs in, in people. Um, and in and, and creating a culture where people really feel cared for is, is, you know, obviously the first thing that helps us change the inner voices that we have and therefore the outer behavior that we have. So, um, you know, there's so much that you already said that goes into really the full gamut of 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 manifesting the behaviors that we want that aren't just on a wall plaque or aren't just on a job description. Um, but it, it, it's, it's so much, I think, starts with developing or creating those right relational experiences for people um, to feel cared for and therefore the, they, that shifts behaviors that people have. I like what you just say that, that for me, that's a keyword called experience, right? Uh, so written on the board or given a place is not, not, not enough. Uh, and you mentioned about the employee themselves, their identity, uh, basically how they feel themselves. Um, I remember that um, so many, many years ago, so my husband was working for the Ritz-Carlton. And then the Ritz-Carlton, they have a motto for uh, every single employee. And it's a, we are ladies and gentlemen serve ladies and gentlemen so that's their model but then okay it's, it's, it sounds nice but how they really help the staff member to internalize it's a couple of things one is they literally give uh i don't know nowadays but they leave they give the each uh, uh waiter and waitress in the restaurant they have a um, allowance of I think it's one thousand dollars or two thousand dollars to they have the authority to come a meal for the guest if the guest is not happy mm. with the experience, meaning they don't have to ask their supervisor. So each single waiter waitress they have that. That 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 one thousand or two thousand dollars of us, so they feel like empowered. They don't have to wait till the other uh, the, the 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 to ask a supervisor. Um, and the other thing I love you say about story, mm -hmm. and 
as REITs, they have many, many properties all over the place. And I remember that they were like every day in the briefing time, you know, between shift to shift, they have, they have to stand in there and brief or whatever is important for their shifts. And they will take like five minutes. The team leader will share a story from other property about one's like what what what's what happened, a story about let's say if uh they help a a mother uh carry her, you know, help her to carry things to her rooms and, and it's the kind of thing to really inspire that say this is how we serve. Yeah. So that's what would you say that because I heard mm-hmm. you talk about um in other podcasts, you talk about signature strength. Can you explain to me us about what is what do you mean signature strength? Well, first of all, before we go on, I wanted to say that um, you know you talked about the you gave those examples of the experience and the stories, and um, it, it's I love that you brought that home as, with real examples uh, because you know I, I, what I could say in theory without having you just demonstrated how you can actually get to the heart of people because uh, you gave real examples. And both of those were sort of stories about. And the other thing I love about that is uh, a lot of times I think we think of feedback as being, well, here's what you can do better. But the stories you just told are positive examples of what we expect, much more inspirational to people. So when I hear a story, I might not have heard, I might not have thought about how I could serve that customer, right? And and now I have a repertoire of something more that I can use as a tool and it's all inspirational and positive rather than, oh, you didn't do that right or you could do this a little bit better. And yes, we need to do those things, but uh, I thought that, I just wanted to share that. I thought that the the examples in the story you just gave were, you know, really powerful. And that's, I think, the, the easier way to get people to understand what we expect in a way that their hearts get committed to it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think, I think uh, uh, because when I was, you know, uh, a study your thing, because uh, I'll make sure I, I serve my uh, podcast VIP well. and. I was just thinking, how can I uh, find some examples and then to, you know, why you talk about your expertise. So, so what do you mean about signature strengths? Because I love the phrase, uh, but I would really love you to elaborate about it. (laughs) Well, one of the things that makes it easy to do business for us is that everything we do, we take biblical concepts and uh, which I think all of us as, 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 Christian entrepreneurs try to do. So we take uh, the, con- the the biblical principles and we put everyday words to them. So signature strengths is really about what is your design as a leader. And one of the things that we realize in signatures in in, in understanding our signature strengths is we're multifaceted. So the signature strengths we go after are, you know, what is it that you're trying to achieve? What's your mission? What, what lights you up in terms of what you're, where you're going? And then we have these two pillars. What do you value and what are your success mindsets? Um, because those are strengths that people use in being successful for the future. And, and then we look at internally, how do you communicate best? 
uh, what are your motivational drivers or passions? Uh, what your, are your problem solving uh, orientation? What, what's you know your bias for uh, how you solve problems? And then what are your top skills? And so we we create this one page sort of uh, uh, coat of arms around what your signature strengths are. But biblically, what does that mean? Is we help people identify how God designed them to be a unique leader and mm-hmm. then when, right and, and then if god designed it he doesn't want us to be something else he wants us to use what he designed in our unique way and we feel like if we can help people understand their unique strengths then then we can help people under uh, the team understand each other's strengths that then we can multiply the effectiveness of the team by everybody optimizing strengths and even leveraging places where I might not have certain strengths that someone else on my team does so I do the things I do best they do the things they do best and we can work together to multiply the effectiveness so so that's what we mean by signature strength Awesome, awesome. So you know, um, this is just a, a question just came right now. You know, I got asked often that because one of the first uh, person for uh, the entrepreneurs, they after they you know after they start business a while and they're gonna start to build a team, the first one they probably hire its a, a assistant or executive assistant, and and there are so many different kind of the methods the assessment there and things uh what would you say that you know people some people say oh you should hire someone totally opposite than you are so they can really compliment you know that uh uh compliment you and then to be most effective what's your take on that <laughs> yeah that's a great question <laughs> I, I think that uh that there is truth to that uh, first of all, you know, what does, what do you really need in that job? And understanding, I, I look at it as you think about it as if, okay, if, if forget the people, here's a job. What are the, the types of skills and thinking process and communication, you know, all the things I talked about, what are, what's necessary for that job? So that will help give me some parameters and then if I have the opportunity, I do always try to hire the, the second person in my organization, the one who's going to be my right-hand person. Um, I try to hire someone who is a complement of me because of what you said, because mm-hmm. that means that we now have, uh, we have a fuller to- set of tools to be able to use so a real example of that is um, I tend to be pretty fast paced. And what that means is a lot of times I don't have the patience. It takes a lot for me to, uh, it takes a lot of energy for me to really slow myself down and have patience. So what I try to do it to is compliment myself by bringing in someone who has that, uh, that, that, that type of style that's a lot more um, is, is very good relationally and also is able to slow the pace down um, and, and put processes and systems and things like that into place that keep us sustaining longer term. So I, I agree with the concept of complementing uh, your skill set. Now, having said that, there are times uh, where you can go too far. Mm. <laughs> 
Yeah. And in, 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 in that case, you know, it, 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 it becomes very difficult every day to be able to, um, to, to figure, to, 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 you know, you really have to adjust your style to that other person who's opposite from you. And, and so, you know, you don't want to go so far that it's stealing all of your energy um, to be able to work side by side with that, with that individual. But for the most part, I, I do agree with what you said. I, I think that it's very good. It's, it's helpful to the organization to find compliments in your organization. Mm. The uh, last question I'm really curious about your thoughts, your, uh, based on your expertise. Because uh, uh, recently we, have, uh, we heard a lot about uh, alter ego effect. You know, uh, so for example, that, you know, I think Tal Herman is an expert of it because he's a high performance coach. And uh, uh, so why he, he, based on his one to two decades of uh, uh, work with the high performance, he, he found out that, you know, uh, as a leader, that, for example, that uh, when you come to the point where it's high pressure, or let's say I have a, a keynote speech about the, I about to deliver a keynote speech, and you know before step step on that stage, you know we feel nervous about it. We feel you know kind of yeah we feel nervous about it, uh, or the athlete they're about to step into the Olympic game, they feel you know nervous about it, and that you know he thought about he he what he believe and what he, his work proof is. If people create another identity, let's say they think that moment is if they are a superwoman or they are a Batman, and then when they step in mm-hmm. and then they can deliver that task rather than the insecure self. Okay, I was really curious about you as a leadership expert. That what what is your take on that? Well, that's interesting. So, you know, as believers, we know that we have, we're created in the image of God. And so, um, so in that, we have victory and we have everything we need and we are valuable uh, like treasures, right? <laughs> like gold, God sees us that way. So we all know that we are, uh, the way that God sees us is not the way that we see ourselves. And so I think that in some ways, as you were speaking, I was thinking, well, that superhero is you know, the secular way of actually saying that God sees us as superheroes, I mean, God designed us as a superhero because we're each uniquely designed in his image. And uh, that means we're better than superheroes, actually. Um, But in life, and especially I believe that between the ages of zero and 13, the, the enemy's charter is to destroy that image, to come in and create experiences that uh, will cause us to question that superhero status, that image of God status. And we start through those experiencing, believing lies. And so as a result, we feel uh, stress or tension or all of these, you know, these 
other things. Uh, we have a distorted view of ourselves, really. Uh, and of course, there's sin in that as well. Um, so in, in that, what you were just saying, I, I, I think that what, what's really helpful is, is taking that concept that's secular and say hero versus my real self sort of thing. And I would put, you know, for us to be able to understand it's really we're in the image of God that is a superhero. And what we have is uh, the distortions of uh, how the world has, you know, sort of beaten us up. And that's a lie. And so here's the truth, the superhero. Here's the lie, what the enemy wants us to believe. And, um, and, and I think it's what we talked, it goes back to what we just talked about, the experiences and the stories. That's why we need community is the stories of God, how God redeems um, and how we're not stuck with that, with those lies and the, those um, wrong images of ourselves, that, that, that it's possible to be restored into the superhero, the image of God that he made us to be. And it's a matter of do we believe God? The Bible tells us exactly how he sees us, the love that he has, the compassion that he has, um, how he sees us as treasures, right? The Bible gives us the truth that, that what we need to do is take that truth from thoughts and shift it into actual what we call our hearts, but it's actually beliefs. I believe, I trust that what God says in the word, in his word, in his love letter to me is actually true. And my distortions of, you know, things that have happened in the past that dilute that are lies. And so I, I think, I think there is some, uh, I think there's some real truth to the, what, what he's saying. I, I for Christians, I just describe it in a little bit different way. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I got to interview him. Uh, in coming weeks, I think that will be a very interesting discussion because in his book, he even say, uh, because uh, Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King's wife once was on his uh, uh, speech and afterwards she came to speak to him that say, it's interesting what you say about the outer ego effect because he said a lot of people did not know is Dr. King uh, before he write the speech he will put the glasses on. Actually, he's a perfect vis uh, vision. He doesn't need glasses. Huh. He will put a pair of glasses on, and now he said, "Now I am the, I'm a, I'm, I'm a distinguished self, hmm. and now I will write the speech." For me, I mean, for him, he said, and then other people think about, or he, uh, people can think, "I'm a Wonder Woman," or "I am whatever, whatever," or some maybe it's animal. Um, for me personally, I felt it actually is not to create another identity. For me, is to activate the power inside of us that we haven't activated yet. Yes. Because he said a lot of uh, speakers before they go on stage, they they have to they think about themselves as somebody else and. I found myself before I go on to deliver a keynote, I never think that I never used to say I'm in somebody else. Although I love Wonder Woman, that character. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really love that, that movie. I love the character. Um, but 
every single time when I before I went on the stage, um, I always said a, a prayer, say, Lord, now it's show time. Let's go to show your love. And that's for me is that. And then when I got up there, um, I no longer feel nervous because then my focus is okay. The people there, they need God's love. That's a give it to them. Yeah. And uh, um, so because yeah. he because he was speaking in one of the uh, in London that one of the business event, and uh, some questions are, are down there. And after I finish, a lot of questions came to me. Say, what do you think about? <laughs> And and then I say, you know, let me go home study about it a little bit more. And and so that's why today when I saw that your things blueprint and uh, we also touch about identity for the uh, staff members in order for them to really from serve from overflowing uh, uh, posture. Uh, that's why I asked that question. And I know my uh, by my audience they are waiting for what you guys gonna say. And and then I gotta interview Todd Herman about this. It's nothing against it. Just it's a great. Dis- I think it'll be a great discussion to see how they see the thing. And himself did say mentioned that he's a New York Times bestseller. Everything he said that before they about to publish this, they publish this. The only one group they saying probably were against it. It's the face based community. Interesting. It's interesting because I the identity thing, right? Yeah. And I think, and of course, you know, he say nothing against the our what our belief is look at the different perspective. And and so um for me, you guys just hear Diane say today, you know, it doesn't matter you're le- you are just an entrepreneur yourself, you're leading a team. Uh, and then you have to build a culture for your company. Uh, we all have to, in the end of the day, in order to be sus- sustainable, we all need to uh, come from the core, uh, the, the identity. Uh, and that is... Uh, I, for me, is ever evolving from glory to glory, from face to face, as uh, that's the Lord say, right? So, so true. And you know what I love about what you said, and I just want to highlight it is when you get up on a stage, you're thinking about the Lord. That's the purpose and will for your life, and you're thinking about how do I serve these people. So, what I I, I see that as humility. You, you know, humility is thinking our, of ourselves less. Not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. And your whole orientation is God and people, God and people. That's humility. And when we stop thinking about ourselves, I think that's when we we can actually become the most powerful because we're trying to love people. And that's what this your the story you told. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, well, I did not arrive there as a is a first day of a speaking, but. Um, but I, I want to mention. I, I I thought I want to bring up this. Is I got asked almost every single time um, after speaking, and then you know you came down, you check with people, and people a lot, especially ladies, um, women. Um, they asked me about why after all the situation what happened to me before, and 
why uh, I appear still so confident on stage. And then they ask how to be confident on stage. And I say, actually, that's the wrong focus. <laughs> uh, I, I say for me personally, I think for leaders, actually, uh, I think I'm sure, Diane, you probably can resonate with this. It's stage, right? Invisible stages, not necessarily the visible one. Uh, I think every single person, every day, we are on stage. If you're a mother, that me, you know, with the two teenagers, you are on stage. Mm-hmm. You, you, are, you are watched. Uh, uh, I think for each single stage, that's just a physical one. Uh, for me, it's a privilege. That so means, true. That I means, love that means somebody else trusts you enough to let you be there and then speak to their community. Doesn't matter, pay or free, right? Yep. And so that moment is not so much about what's makeup going on, what do I wear, how do I sound, but it's more like, okay, so what do they need? And uh, really? uh, what do they need? And it, it, it yeah. often when I speak, I mean, te- the recent TEDx, I mean, it's not a believer's community, but, but you know what? God's love go everywhere. <laughs> So, so true. And it reminds me, what you just said just reminds me of how, you know, God says that, um, you know, be faithful with the little things and then you'll get, you know, then he matures us and promotes us among the, the bigger things. But that one person at the grocery store behind the counter that, you know, we treat as if we're on stage with him or her yeah. is, uh, yeah, is, is our practice <laughs> for, for the things that God has for us. So I, I love what you said. Exactly. Thank you so much, Dan, for today, your precious time. How can we find more about you? I'm sure that we will put every, all the links in the, uh, in the show note, but please tell us. Well, uh, yeah, I think the website, uh, blueprintleadership.com. And then on LinkedIn, uh, we have a, a more and more of a presence. Uh, so Blueprint Leadership, the company, and then my name, Diane Kakala on LinkedIn is another uh, way to connect. And, um, Thank you so much for the opportunity to just be a part of this community and everything that you're growing here. And and thank you so much for what you're doing to really raise up Christian leaders and Christian entrepreneurs that will serve under the kingdom philosophy, the kingdom concepts uh, to make the world a better place. Oh, thank you so much, Diane. And, um, uh, hopefully, somehow we will meet in person once. <laughs> that that will be really awesome. Thank you so much again for your time today. Thank you. Did you enjoy the episode? I hope so. As you can tell, the one of the main concept in this episode is really a great reminder for all of us that leadership is from ourselves. And we all have to live from our core value, our core identity. And that is with God, right? Then, only then, we can lead our team, serve our clients and customers from an overflowing place. For all the show notes and goodies mentioned in the show, please go to kellyballer.com forward slash 080. Are you one of the Christian leaders that you would like to stand out 
establish your own blue ocean and create a profitable business you love and totally identity aligned. Well, if you are, I would like to invite you to access to one of my free masterclass actually was a live presentation on stage at my mentor Chris Docker's uh, annual signature event called Upreneur Summit. The presentation is called The Power of One Framework. And why is this so important? If you like to create a whole lot more impact in the coming year and beyond, you feel like you might hit a plateau in your business or you have been touring around in the base camp, meaning in the bottom of the mountain that God asks you to conquer, then this presentation is for you. With all transparency, when you access to that presentation, you will be also added as my VIP list for the coming signature program called the Power of One Framework. It's a mentoring program, and we cannot be more excited about this because we haven't seen anything that this for Christian entrepreneurs just yet. And are you surprised? Actually, probably not. Why? Because God always likes to show off His wisdom. And what do I mean by that? Four months before that presentation, I was crying out to the Lord, say, Father, how can we help? How can we get rid of the imposter syndrome? How can we stop the comparison game and shining object syndrome? How can we get as many as your children to the past identity aligned that what you have called them to do, create a whole lot more profit so they have the margin to give more and serve more. So if you feel resonate with this message, then go to kellybottle.com forward slash learn. I will see you there. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment and drop a review on iTunes? It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out. Please go to kellybottle.com forward slash review. Again, that's kellybottle.com forward slash review. We really appreciate it. And you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO Podcast at www.kellybotter.com.